Digital. Student-centred. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. I'm Jo Elliott and this is Tales of Teaching Online, brought to you by Deakin Learning Futures. I'm joined today by Paul Collins from the School of Engineering and Paul and I are going to talk today about an innovation project we worked on together that didn't entirely go to plan. Paul, would you want to start us off by talking a little bit about what we were trying to achieve? Yeah, so uh, I have the, the privilege of teaching first year engineering. It, it's an interesting year because you get everything from high school leavers, internationals and cloud students, mature age students all coming into this first kind of levelling unit or the introduction to university. And what we wanted to achieve was kind of like a really nice user intuitive way of doing assessment. And we've had problems in the past with just interaction, I suppose, and having bulk uploads because it is a design class. It is something where there's creativity and lots of files get generated from sketches and PDFs to CAD to, you know, individual parts. So we wanted this platform to be able to sort of aggregate um, a whole heap of content together and present it in a really nice format. Okay, so it was an existing assessment. We were just translating the platform to try and make it a little bit more user-friendly, more streamlined for students. And I think we achieved that to a point. We but, did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to a point. <laughs> and this is, uh, I mean, my background is product development and that's what I research and teach and, and worked as a professional for a while as well. So not everything you sit out to do works. And I think that's probably the whole point of why we're having this discussion today. To say, yeah, we can give things a go, but it doesn't always work for all stakeholders. And I think that's the key we need to talk about is just because it might work for students, it's not going to necessarily work for academics and vice versa, but also the support networks around the teaching teams like DLF and eSolutions and Central. Like, you know, there's so many of these little interaction points that we need to consider when introducing a new platform, so to speak, because it was an existing assessment. It's been a very successful assessment um, that was brought in probably five or six years ago with that more sort of, rather than question and answer, it was more evaluative assessment. So basically do work, show it, get feedback, and then keep building it upon to, to meet the hurdle requirements. And so that's where some of the challenges actually came from was, yeah, it's great that students were able to have a better experience from that point of view. But I think it was the back end that we really found that it fell down for us. So what kind of challenges did that result in? Because, of course, those kind of admin challenges, they impact on the teaching team. And I'm sure you can talk a little bit about those. But also they have flow on effects to students as well. So it was really interesting and it's something we as academics probably take a little bit for granted unless something goes wrong was when students currently submit on the current learning management system, they get an email to say they've submitted an assignment. The new platform we went to, there was no email notification. And so we kind of take that for granted because we never see it. Anytime we kind of see is when they say the dog ate my homework or the computer ate my homework type response and we go, yeah, okay, show us the submission email. But for 99% of the time, we completely negate that little piece of um, information that students receive, you know, three times a subject per trimester. So that was interesting because there was no submission email. Therefore, students weren't confident that they submitted properly. So we were getting a lot of email traffic saying, have I submitted? And then on the flip side, when it comes to the academic thing, the notification system to say they had submitted wasn't quite user-intuitive either because it just said there was a submission, not Joe Bloggs submitted a file or Jane submitted a file. It was kind of, you had to really dig into it. Another challenge was the integration between old and new platforms because 
we all have a class list and, you know, as we know, first year's got a fairly high attrition rate. And so when we looked at, you know, the follow-up after sort of week four, week five, to say, hey, how are you going? What's going on? Because there was no inbuilt class list in this platform, the administration became quite heavy because you have to cross-reference between, you know, Calista, current learning management system and this new management system that we're trialling. So the sort of negotiation between the three systems wasn't clean at all. And so those kind of little things you don't really notice until there's a problem. And and it's not something you think about because as academics, we kind of ready and come into fully formed tools a lot of the time. So that was interesting as well as, okay, how do we do a follow-up with a student? Um, how do we give them feedback really quickly? And even how do they know they've submitted properly? And that's a really powerful indicator of success, just initial success, whether it's not a grade, but it's formative success, right? I've submitted my assignment. I feel good about it. I can move on to the next task. So that was quite interesting in understanding the interaction points throughout the process. And another one was, again, something I kind of took for granted. This tool has been used in North America. It's very university-centric, um, as was explained to us. But another thing we take for granted with our thing is we can assess students as they go along, and then we do a bulk publish of all the results. This tool, it was incremental. So if I started student A on Monday and got to student Z on Friday, there was actually four days lag between when student A first saw the result and when student Z first saw their result just because of the time it takes us to mark large first year classes. And so what happens is, again, email traffic to the unit chair and your teaching team is, where's my assignment? Where did it come from? Um, do I have more results yet? So those little things are kind of interesting. You don't think about it, like, oh, evaluation tool, but it's those admin tasks that we kind of take for granted that where the issues came from. Yeah, it was it was an interesting experience. And for me, it really confirms why we take this process of going through and looking at platforms and tools first, but then actually testing them in the teaching environment, because there are so many tools out there. And I think this is something that's really come to the fore this year with us all transitioning our teaching more and more online. And there's so many things that we're like, this would be great. I can do this and this is going to support this. But it's not until we actually go and check it in a teaching environment, looking at how all the bits fit together, that um, we really, I guess, identify some of the other things that might be going on, some of the other impacts that aren't necessarily so obvious up front. But yeah. It would have been interesting to see if this year was different. Like if, if there's no global pandemic, would the email traffic be as high? Because you know, for the majority of our students, two-thirds are campus-based. We would have been able to have one-on-one -on -one conversations. We would have been able to sit down at the table and explain through things. Or I would have been up the front in a class and, and just communicating with, you know, one-to-many. Whereas now that we're dispersed and located everywhere, and I mean everywhere, literally we've got students overseas, domestic, interstate, um, it's kind of one of those things is, did that help or hinder the process if we were able to talk through as a group? some of the challenges, maybe it would have been a little bit easier. So I think launching the new tool, and because we, we launched this tool the week before the pandemic started effectively in Australia. So it's probably trial by fire, really, this one. The issues probably wouldn't have been as prevalent as if it was otherwise. But that's probably a positive as well. If we think about it as what did we learn? Well, we learned stuff really, really quickly. And we learned it so quickly that we actually abandoned the trial halfway through the trimester. We actually made a call to say, it's not working, let's revert back to something else. So I suppose that's probably an insight that we weren't afraid to stop um, in that case. And I think that's got to be something noted that 
if just because if it's working or it's not working, you don't keep pushing your head or keep um, bashing against the wall because the student experience and the student learning has to be paramount. And it's not just about us. If it takes us, I know, us academics an extra 24 hours to do something, I think if we can protect the students a little bit from that impact, that's probably a benefit in the long run. Yeah, I think having a think before we start about what are those kind of get out points and what are the compromises that we're we're willing to make particularly the first time we use something okay it might take me a little bit longer to mark the assignments this time around but does that flow onto the students is that going to continue is this going to be something that I'm going to be coming up against every trimester or is this just the first time we've been using it so I think having yeah those decision points identified beforehand of what's my backup plan if this doesn't quite work out how I intended. And we probably didn't discuss that enough in the front end. Um, I know when we started discussing late 2019, I think about this trial um, because it is something, you know, I'm always for trying to increase engagement and, and user intuitive, especially at first year university. Second year, not as much, but first year definitely has to be, you know, how do we make this as easy as possible, the, the affordance to be as low as possible for the students? And so we probably didn't talk enough about the exit points because how often do we have an unsuccessful trial of a piece of software? Normally they're pretty good in general. Um, there's very few systems that I've seen you know, across a couple of companies and a couple of universities that have failed as spectacularly as this one. <laughs> so it, it's kind of, we don't talk about it enough because we don't see failure enough and, and we're really good to celebrate success. I think this is why I was keen to talk about it was, um, you know, this is a, a failure and it's okay. Like, I mean, I think we, think we have to say it is okay because what did we learn? We learned a lot. You know, we learned what does work for students and what doesn't work for academics. And, and we have to have that balance when we talk about tools, especially in education. And I think that reminder to look at the whole picture as well and the actual interaction with the interface itself worked for students their confidence around it however was lacking because there was that one step that wasn't confirmed that they'd submitted and then when that's compounded by marks being released at different times as well so I think um, for me this was a really good example of why we start small try it out and build up as we go are there any other lessons that you'd like to share anything else you're taking away from this I mean Lessons learned is don't assume students know exactly what they're doing because they don't. Um, and don't assume academics know what they're doing all the time either because that's, that's always fraught with danger. Um, but we've got to look at you know, the holistic student experience. And we, I know we talked about that. And I know the DVCRs or us DVCEs office sorry, is talking about the student journey. And I mean, I'm a massive fan of people like Donald Norman who talk about you know, the design of everyday things. And we think about how people react and there's that visceral response we get to everything, right? And it's at the start of the student journey, it's at the start of when they log in to Deacon Sync and Deacon Hub now. Everything we do has a visceral response and, you know, that's really hard to overcome. And that visceral response is within the first 20 to 60 seconds of an interaction. It's whether we meet someone new, it's whether we interact with a new tool or pick up a, a new piece of support equipment. It is so immediate. And so when we look at something like software and we look at a learning management system, we have to be really careful about how we do that because students don't just do one subject at a time. They can do up to four subjects at a time or four credit points at a time. And, and if we have that differentiation between, say, first-year physics, first-year design and first-year math, 
then they're going to go, oh, what's right, you know? And I think those little um, background markers that we kind of, again, like the notification emails or the follow-up emails that we kind of go, really, do we have to? Is important because we are talking about a cohort who have learned predominantly one way or haven't been learning for a while. And so when bringing in these new tools, we have to think about, okay, how do they learn? What is that reaction they're going to see? You know, do they feel comfortable? Do they feel supported? Um, have they had a negative reaction or a positive reaction really first up? Because that's going to not only just, you know, change the first week of the course, change the first trimester. Obviously, the other takeaway is don't launch a new tool in the pandemic. <laughs> I mean, I think we have got to be able to laugh a little bit about this year, just as far as what we've learned. And I think as a university, as a as a sector, I think we have to be really open and honest with ourselves and go, right, this is now kind of situation normal, you know. We'll never go back to full-time on-campus learning. I think we've shown, or Deacon has shown, that it's not going to work going forward. We, we've seen some efficiencies, but we've also seen some losses. And I think we need to own up to the losses as much as the successes. And we need to go, right, we need to stop doing that. Even if it's been something we've been doing for five, ten years, we just need to stop and think, yeah, okay, that's not working in 2020. So let's rethink for 2021 what that is and not revert back to what 2019 is. I think we should take this as an opportunity to move forward um, and go, yeah, cool, we can do this a bit better, but also, again, how's that experience, how's that visceral response going to be? And so think about those sort of things going forward because I think if we step back to 2019 as normal, I think that will be a net negative uh, to where we have to go. I think that's a nice point to finish on, um, that opportunity to reflect on where we're at, what we're doing, what we want to achieve and what the best way is to do that going forward. But also, whatever you're doing, make sure you test it out first. Yeah, definitely. Um, and ask questions. Just keep asking until you kind of run out. And um, yeah, just keep asking. Paul, thank you so much, A, for being so willing to try something new, but also for um, sharing the story of what happens when it doesn't quite work. You just smile and keep going. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thanks, Joe.